Yeah, very proud. It's extremely proud. And obviously, I've, I've spoke to the manager, and he's absolutely delighted. It's been a tough three or four days. It was a tight game. Like I said, I don't think there was any sort of team that held too much dominance at any time. There wasn't a lot of chances for both sides. This is the Go Radio Football Show podcast. Hosted by Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Well, Gary McAllister there in charge yesterday says he was proud, very proud. It could be the other great son of Govan, Sir Alex Ferguson. Rangers take the spoils 1-0 yesterday. Philip Hollander, that headed goal. Where was the Celtic defence? You could have said that any time last season and it's repeated this season but Rangers answer the critics who say they can't play in front of their own 50,000 fans Rangers fans what do you think 0808 17 17 700 you know Barry's here you know Mark's here and your calls are coming in now elsewhere so what are Celtic going to do they've signed Big Georges two and a half million pounds today and is Jota on his way for a medical from Benfica more on that in a moment or two and Barisic has been great for Rangers. He took the corner yesterday. He asked the crowd to rise. They certainly did seconds later. Is he on his way out? Because the transfer window has one day, five hours and 56 minutes to go. Barry, where do we start tonight? But you're right, Rangers answered the critics. They took a lot of pressure, but they take the points. Yeah, there was a, a, a lot of noise. Um, a lot of people were making comments. Could Rangers handle the pressure playing in front of 50,000 fans? Um, and they certainly answered back um, it wasn't a vintage performance first half um, I thought Celtic had the vast majority of the play but the second half I thought Rangers came out um, Gary McAllister ov- obviously had a few words to say at half time and I thought Rangers came out really strong in the second half and got that vital goal and in the end I thought they deserved it What about the defending? What happened to the Celtic defenders I don't know. at that corner? Look, I think if you ask Herlander he'll be absolute. Uh, delighted with the amount of space he had um, to run and he got a free header um, and I'm, I'm sure Postacoglu will be absolute fuming at the defending it was a free header nobody was marking him nobody was um, close to him what you need to do when you've got obviously guys who can attack the ball very well so for Celtic's point of view terrible goal to loss but from Rangers point of view a great delivery for Barisic and obviously a a great finish from Hollander. Mark, we'll talk about Rangers more with you and Barry in a moment or two. What about Celtic? So a really good start to the season after the loss uh, early on. Rangers were patchy, but yesterday they take the points. Yeah, I mean, on Rangers, uh, Paul, a credit uh, to them. They showed yesterday why they're champions because they were under pressure. They dug in and they got the result at the right time and they kept a clean sheet. Robbie McCrory in goals. Absolutely delighted for the kid. I see he's a kid, he's 23 but still delighted for him for a young goalkeeper. You know, sometimes it could be a horrible experience, but he dealt with it very well. Looked a very capable goalkeeper. On a personal level, I was delighted for Gary McAllister, the Rangers assistant manager, a good man, and was pleased for him that he managed to, to come through it. For Celtic, um, lessons need to be learned, Paul. Uh, that's Tynecastle have been to, and Ibrox have lost both games. They need to learn to dig in and nick a point and be more resolute and be, be more switched on defensively if they don't do that and learn from the two difficult games away from home they ain't going to win the, the league this season it could have been a different game had Edward scored that goal it is an absolute sitter he must be sold before tomorrow night just get the highest bid and get him out the door overall I think we've got a title race in our hands Celtic have improved and, and the evidence of yesterday I think we do have a title race in our hands. I think we're going to have a ding-dong, but Rangers are the benchmark. They're setting the pace. 
in terms of the old firm but I think we're going to have a title race this season don't rule Celtic out the other headline tonight is that John McGinn and Nathan Patterson are going to miss the game with Denmark because of COVID-related issues. And uh, James Forrest and Greg Taylor are out because of injury. Uh, Celtic signings, and we're watching the transfer window as well. Mark, you've alluded to it. Who is coming in? Who's going out? Let's go on the lines. Derek, a Rangers fan. He's thinking, well, about yesterday, I would imagine, Derek, and also transfer window. Derek, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. Hey, Barry, maybe by the top six, I'll sign the Edwarder. Uh, <laughs> oh, Derek! <laughs> Let it go for the new listeners, and there are many. Uh, last, Listen, Derek. <laughs> believe me, I know it's been said about Southampton and Brighton. He might go need to go down the same route as Van Dyke done, but believe me, he's good enough to play. Well, I agree to disagree. Do you think Rangers will sign uh, if uh, the sell Barisic get out? They'll sign the boy from Hibs, the left back, the dog, or Doig. 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 Listen, I think Doig's a, a fabulous mm. young player, no doubt about it. Every time I've watched Hibs play, he's always stood out. But I think if Barisic does go, they've got a ready-made replacement in Calvin Bassey. Um, I think the last three games that Calvin Bassey's played before, before obviously the COVID situation hit. I thought he was excellent. I think you can see a clear improvement on him um, from last season. He's physical, good defender. His deliveries get even better this season. So if Barisic goes, I think Calvin Bassey's a man to step in. But listen, Doig at Hibs is a fantastic young player. Mark, what do you reckon? Doig for Rangers? Well, Doig's a, 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 he is a fantastic young player, as Barry says. I think Hibs are looking for ballpark, three and a half, maybe four. Mm-hmm million pounds the thing for me is Derek if, if Rangers are going to sell Barrich it's about bringing money in it's to start you know running it like a, a business you, know, you buy low and you try and sell on at a profit and try and bring success as well so I wouldn't see the sense in selling Barisic and then giving Hibs four million quid it, it, it doesn't add up for me I don't think Rangers um, can do that at, at this moment and like they said if Barisic is to go and it's speculation at the moment, but if he has to go, then I think there is a ready play, ready made replacement in Calvin Bassey. Certainly give him until the January window, given the 15 games or so uh, between the show, he's up to it. And I think he is up to it, but we need to wait and see if Barisic um, goes first. But I, I can't see Rangers spending, between now and tomorrow night, I can't see Rangers spending £4 million mm. on, uh, on a player. No, mm. absolutely. On any player. Yeah. I don't see that. Okay. What else is on your mind, Eric? I do agree Celtic's improved, but I don't know if they've improved enough to challenge his marks to make out. Because nobody seems to be pointing out they've not won an away game all season yet. That's four away games and they've lost a lot of them. Yeah. I just think maybe they've been caught out. This passing from the back is pretty to watch. Mm-hmm. But when they were high pressing, they seemed to make a lot of mistakes yesterday. Barry, I think Celtic know that, don't they? They need to sort out the no, defence. It's been cleared domestically that they've lost it. Um, Tough places, obviously Tynecastle, first game of the season, and then yesterday was a test for them. Um, as I said, I, I thought they had the vast majority of the play in the first half. Never really hurt Rangers, apart from obviously the Edward chance, had a few cross balls, but I thought the second half, Rangers took over and um, deservedly won. Um, but I, I do think it's going to agree with what Mark says at the start of the show. I think it's going to go to the wire. I think it's going to be a lot closer, certainly, than it was last year, but I still think Celtic as was proven yesterday, are very vulnerable, certainly at the back and from set pieces. Here's Gary McAllister uh, after the game. I thought today, looking at us, there was a snap 
you know, which we always ask for. You know, in the little jewels right throughout the pitch, we were we were there. We weren't closing down from two three yards, and 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 just there was an energy which obviously when you've got that amount of fans, you know, reacting like they did today, it does help. So that, again, it's that's that's what we that's the sort of level of performance we want to win games. We want to keep clean sheets. You know, and if you can play well, it makes it even better. And we know that the manager wasn't there. Players were missing because of COVID. Extremely proud. And obviously, I've spoke to the manager and he's absolutely delighted. And as you say, it has been. It's been a tough three or four days. But I thought you'd seen a coming together of a club, right from the top, right to the right to the people that help us at the training ground. Everybody's been immense, you know, and throw in the fans as well. You know, there's, there's very few clubs can, can make these occasions like it was today. And it, what you've seen today is people coming together in a difficult three or four days. You know, two or three players playing with injuries as well. So it's it's it was more like us. I thought Rangers were more recognisable today. I thought out of possession we were excellent, but in possession we looked dangerous and we looked a threat. So the players can go away, it's international break, and they can reflect and go, do you know what? That's the standards and levels that we're looking for here at this club. Mark, you can hear how happy and relieved yeah. maybe he was as well, because yeah. that was a big test yesterday for Rangers. A big, I think a big dose of relief from, from Gary McCarthy mm. and everybody within Rangers, because, you know, the COVID situations from the outside, and, and, and by the nose he deals with as, as a manager on a daily basis, I've got a bit of knowledge about it too. From the outside, it's, oh, somebody's got COVID, but, but it's a real stress. Behind the scenes, Paul, it's a proper yep. stress. Who's available? Who that? You know, you're, you're basically you're walking in eggshells. You think Rangers have had a whiff of this COVID thing maybe from last Sunday at Ross County mm-hmm. in the early part, so they've had to prepare for a long trip to Europe. Ten million quid riding in that game in Alice Kirk to get into a game against Celtic, the first old firm game of the season mm-hmm. at home in front of fifty thousand fans. So it has been a big uh, few days for them. They've come out of it with qualification intact, the ten million pounds. Two clean sheets and three points um, to, to, to take them ahead of Celtic. So, yeah, there'd have been a lot of stress around the place. And as Gary McCarthy, a lot of pressure on his shoulders because the manager wasn't there. And as I said at the top of the programme, on a personal level, uh, delighted for Gary McAllister because he's a good man. Barry? Yeah, I mean, also, they were missing, don't forget, they were missing a number of players, but two big players, two big characters, Alan McGregor and, and Tavernier, who's the captain. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think a special mention for Balligan when I seen the team I was a bit worried mm-hmm. he's not a natural right back he's a centre half but I thought after the f- initial 10 minutes I thought Balligan was was excellent and um, I think Mark alluded to it at the start of the show young McCrory mm-hmm. and, well I'm saying young he's 23 I know he's got experience at Livingston and Mortland Queen of the South I thought his positional sense was great I thought he was composed um, I thought it was a fantastic performance for him and his he confidence it, and a couple of great saves mm-hmm. A couple of great saves he had. Um, that surely will do the, his confidence the world of good and it's shown a lot of people that he could be a future number one for Rangers. Is he being mentored by Alan McGregor? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's learning every single day off mm. Alan McGregor. Uh, you'd be crazy not to. He's training with him day in, day out. He did a great experience last year at Livingston who had a fantastic season. Yeah. So he's gained that. He's gained a number of games. He's played under a bit of pressure but there's no bigger game than the old firm game. I thought he handled it brilliantly. On Friday night, Mark and Barry, you said Kyogo should play through the middle for Celtic. Yeah. He didn't, and I see the headlines today, Ange Postacoglu, who's got a lot right, and, uh, you know, Ange Ball, the Celtic fans love it, he's refreshed that club, but he got it wrong, and he said he got it wrong. He spoke about the subs and about Kyogo. because I just felt the game would open up, and, and I thought, you know, um, Tommy would, would give us a little bit of a spark, and I just... 
I just thought Kyogo would be much more of a threat down the middle. To be honest, I probably should have started him um, to begin with. But you know, obviously with Forrest out and a little bit short on the wide areas at the moment, um, you know, um, I had to sort of start with him out on the left. Uh, but you know, I knew with his speed, uh, getting Kyogo in the middle was going to cause them problems. Um, and um, yeah, that was the main reason. I just thought, as I said, it was pride of them scoring a the goal. Obviously that changed things again. Mark, credit to him for admitting it afterwards, but why didn't he do it from the start? Yeah, I mean, I think what he's what he's saying, Paul, is that when he looked at the options available to him, um, you know, he went with what he think was a was the best option. There wasn't any great options. The thing I said on Friday night was that uh, I thought that Edward would definitely start, but I thought he would go on the left. Mm. If you look at Edward, he played in the left before at Ibrox and played very well, came in and I think he scored a, a good goal, if memory serves me rightly. But anyway... He started with Kyogo on the left, so I can understand why he's gone for that option. And Edward, let's not forget, Edward is a quality central centre forward as well. But he missed a sitter. What I would have done during the game was maybe mixed up and said to Edward, listen, go and you nick out of the left and bring Kyogo through the middle. Mm-hmm. Just mix it up, you know, alternate it a wee bit. Now, I wasn't the eyebrows, so I'm not seeing the full picture going by some of the stuff in the telly, but I didn't see that happening. Mm-hmm. So that's, if I was going to have a criticism of Ange Postecoglou, it wouldn't be starting 11. I totally understand why, but I thought I might have mixed it up a wee bit during the game, that was all. Barry? Yeah, I was rubbing my hands when I seen the start of the game. He was playing on the left-hand side, and I'm sure the Rangers players and the management team would have been the same. Um, and But I thought Balogun done a real good job, but if I look at Kyogo, he's, he's definitely... He's through the middle. You've seen the difference he did make the last 15 or so minutes. He had two terrific runs in between both centre-halves. McCrory made one great save, and obviously... He, he tried to square the, the other one um, he's a real danger he's a buzz bomb um, and I, I was the same I thought maybe they were interchanged during the game but from a Rangers point of view I'm sure they would have been delighted with him just sitting out on the left hand side Were you surprised about the possession at 1.68% to Celtic coming to Ibrooks and Rangers um, you know Celtic possession but I know I know what you'll say but they couldn't score possession the goals Possession doesn't win yeah. games yeah. Uh, that's, that's the problem look they did have the, the, the line share of possession no doubt about it in the first half I thought towards the end of the first half Rangers started to get into it a bit more and then obviously Gary McAllister's had a few things to say at half time we did mention that yesterday Paul and I thought they came out out the traps very quickly in the second half they, they went further up the pitch they took the game to Celtic and eventually they got that goal and they seen the game out really well Ange Postacoglu spoke about uh, losing the goal a bit disappointed to lose any goals and you know I mean I don't think set piece or any difference or anything else you know it's all it's still about you know I guess being organised, but to be fair, as well, hit corner was a great header, and that's what I mean. You know, there's moments in games. You know, we had a couple of great chances after that as well. So, you know, it's it's in tight games, derby games, um, you got to take those moments. It was like social distancing, wasn't it? Nobody tracked him. Was it Stephen Welsh's job? Mark? It looked at, it yeah. looked that way certainly from the the, the analysis um, on the TV when I've when I've dissected it um, afterwards, and you know. Um, Welsh has got, has got dragged to the front post mm. um, Starfelt's picking up um, Goldson maybe or, or, or Balogun but Goldson I think but anyway um, yeah it looks like young Stephen Welsh has maybe lost um, Halanda that said it's it's got into a crowded area and whether Stephen Welsh is maybe picking him up or not it's not good enough collectively defensively by Celtic but that said you've got to credit Halanda it's not all about you know because there is this yeah. kind of you just jump on it. Oh, there's another goal Celtic gives you the set pieces, but actually turn that around and look at the quality A of the delivery and B of the execution. So it was a fantastic delivery from Barisic and it was a wonderful execution from um, Halanda 
whether he was getting picked up or not and the power in it because Joe Hart's got a hand to it and still couldn't uh, keep it out so you've got to give rather than having a go at Celtic for, I, I prefer to look at it as in giving Rangers credit for the winning goal in an old firm game Barry you're happy enough to look at the goal again let's uh, relive yeah, that moment I've seen it I, I'm yep. sure if Postacoglu looks back he'll be, he'll be bitterly mm. disappointed um, I, I says before the game I thought that was one area where you look at Rangers back lot Balogun, Haland and Golson, six foot two, six foot three plus. You look at Celtic, I'm not the biggest team. Yeah. You'd Starfelt, mm. Welsh, Edwards is not really going to pick up at that situation. Mm. So they had to get the delivery spot on and Barisic's delivery before that was very poor. Mm. Um, that was the one key moment where it was spot on and Haland has made a, a great run. He's got too much space and he's finished it, as you say, as a great header. Uh, from him Joe Hart's got a hand to it but it was a powerful header Barry pointed out during the match with Davy Proven that uh, Barisic wasn't getting the crosses in that he normally yeah. would but he certainly did at the goal and that turned the, the game then Celtic didn't really have any answer to that I know he made changes or whatever but but you're right the Rangers fans will have had that on repeat wouldn't they watching that goal yeah. yesterday because it was a, a huge moment we all thought there were going to be loads of goals in the game there yeah. weren't you know yeah, in fact there were uh, not that many scoring no, opportunities no I mean when, when you look at it when you assess what both goalkeepers have had to do I mean very little really uh, in the scale I mean, considering you know, thought it could have been a 2-2 a or a 3-2 or a 3-3 yep. or whatever it, it didn't turn out to be that way I actually thought in terms of football I thought it was a good game of football mm. you know, I thought there was you know some real thought some real tactical play um, involved and, and credit to both teams for that but yeah you're right but before Barisic had that delivery of the corner kick for the goal it was at some point in the second half as well he got in a good position and he, and he ballooned yeah. it I mean ballooned it and went to the, the whatever end it was um, and put it over the bar but he's regained his composure to put it in um, when it mattered and like we said that's why Rangers are the champions Paul that's mm. the kind of games that you've got to win you've got to survive a bit of pressure they protected the young goalkeeper well as two. They protected Balogun, who was in an unfamiliar position when need be. You know, they, they, they got forward. Steve Davis played a good role. Kent was was in and, in and out of the games, but mm -hmm. he played his part. Morelos kept the Celtic defenders um, busy at times um, as well. And for Celtic, like I said, they've got to learn between Ten Castle and Ibrooks if they are to even properly challenge. You've got to learn because every away game is difficult. Every away game is difficult. Whether you're going to Petardry, Perth, Fir Park, Dens Park, every away game is a battle to get three points and Celtic will need to learn how to defend, how to soak up pressure, keep a clean sheet and then go and put the ball in the end, uh, put the ball in the net at the other end. I, I'm glad Mark mentioned uh, Ryan Kent. He's still not hitting the dizzy heights but one thing that stood out for me yesterday was his work ethic. A real team performance, a, a real team a real team player yesterday was he worked really hard um, he put a real good shift in and for that with the quality he's got he knows he's not at the top of the game he's still willing to put the hard work in who's on his way for £171 million is breaking news it's not confirmed just yet and he's not coming to Glasgow Real Madrid have upped the offer for killing Mbappe £171 million. it's a not done yet his deal, eh? That's, yeah. OK more on the transfer deadline more on yesterday Celtic fans what do you think though is the Ange ball uh, bounce still there for Celtic more signings to come they're saying about Jota yep he's getting the medical looks as though a loan that could become a, a signing we'll talk about him the Benfica midfielder winger and uh, Big Georges has signed today and for Rangers who's coming in or 
is anyone going out? More of your calls, and we'll look ahead to Scotland next. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Oh eight oh eight seventeen seventeen seven hundred. The number to ring for the. Go Radio Football Show with Barry Ferguson, Mark Guidi, Paul Cooney, loads of your calls coming in, comments on the socials too. Here's Gary McAllister, Rangers winning 1-0 yesterday, the header from Philip Hollander and Leon Balligan. Much said about him beforehand, would he have the pace to deal with Kyogo and uh, Abada? Well, he did. And here's what the manager thought of the assistant manager. Well, the greatest example of that would be I'd be looking at Leon Balligan today. As much as I, I don't want to single out somebody because I thought 1-11 were excellent. But we brought him as a centre-back. But there was always, we always felt, if needed, that he could play right back. And he's done it He's done it previous. But today I thought he dealt with that side of the pitch really well against a difficult opponent. And uh, I felt we'd seen a, a mature, proper man's performance from Leon. On the line now, Craig from Cumbernauld. Good evening, Craig. Evening, Paul, Barry, Mark, how you doing? We're good, thanks. You, did you have a good celebration last night? <laughs> I did. I, I was uh, I was a wee bit tired of the spoiler, honestly, Paul, but uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought I was I was happy um, yeah. with the result. I think I thought the first half, you know, we weren't we never really get to second gear, but I didn't feel as though, other than the the Odson Edward sitter that he missed early on, Celtic didn't really trouble us that much in the the first half for all the possession of the ball they had. Um, Apart from that, I was quite happy with it. I thought, um, you know, the defence, you know, we spoke how shaky it's looked recently. You know, I thought they stood up well to, to anything, you know, the questions that were asked by Celtic yesterday. And I think uh, the second half we came out and, uh, we, you know, we stepped it up. We got in Celtic's faces. We didn't allow them. Um, certainly for the first 25 minutes, half an hour, you know, we didn't allow them that space that they maybe had in the first half to, to create one or two things. And, you know, I think deservedly we got a goal because it came at a period of the time where we had been putting a couple of balls into the box. We had a, you know, a couple of corner kicks before that that um, maybe weren't great and we didn't take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously we do get the goal from what was probably the first time Borna Barris had put in a, a really good ball all afternoon. Yeah. Um, and I thought we deserved it. You know, I think I know people talk about um, Celtic having a couple of chances, but. You know, they didn't actually get a shot on target until well after we had scored. Um, and just after, obviously, when Kyogo went through, I thought Robbie McCrory's reactions to come out as quick as he did and close down the space of Kyogo and just get a touch on it out for a corner was really good. He was immense, wasn't he, Robbie McCrory? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I thought he was terrific. I thought to be thrown in the way he was, because there's no way, you know, this time a week ago, he wouldn't have been thinking he was going to be playing in the old Firm game um, so to be thrown in you know with a few days preparation and, and yep. put in the, the shift he did I thought was, was really impressive mm-hmm. um, and, and I actually said back on Wednesday when it was sort of announced he'd be playing and on the Thursday and I said well if he could get a couple of clean sheets in the next couple of games that would do his confidence the world again mm-hmm. you know sure enough that's what he's done albeit Alishkert didn't really cause him any problems but yep. you need that you know because um, at times Players will get beyond defenders and shots will be, you know, you will get shots at you and it's about how you deal with it. And I thought he dealt with the pressure of the situation very well. And so I who was your man of the match, Craig? Leon Balligan. Balligan, long. yeah. I thought, yeah. I Barry, thought. let's see what Barry says then about uh, Balligan. Yeah, listen, I, I, I was like probably the vast majority of Rangers mm. fans when I seen the team. He, he's played there previous on a couple of occasions and he's not had the best of games. 
first ten minutes it just took him a bit of time to get into it. But I'm with Craig. I thought he was he was fantastic because um, Kyogo was the main threat, no doubt about it. I know he played in the left; it's not his ideal position. But I thought Balogun handled him really well, and I thought as the game went on, he got stronger and stronger. Um, I thought Rangers defensively were good. Um, I thought Golson and Halanda. And I'm glad a lot of people are not forgetting about McCrory. Um, I just thought he was cool, calm and collected. For a, a boy who's not had a lot of experience in terms of playing in the Rangers first team, it's different when you're playing at Livingston, when you're playing at Queen of South, when you're playing at Morton. There's not a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure on his shoulders. And I thought he handled it, as I said, brilliantly. And what's yeah. it like going into an old firm game and you've lost your captain and your player of the year? Yeah, you're going to suffer because they're big players. Mm. Uh, let's not forget that. Alan McGregor, for me, no doubt about it, is the best goalkeeper in Scotland. Tavernier, he's a captain, he's a leader of the group. Uh, and also the main leader, your manager, is missing. Um, so, yep. look, I think uh, Balligan deserves all the credit he got. Um, and young McCrory mm. as well. And I thought Golson and Holanda, I thought Golson taking the, the captaincy again shows to me that he is a proper leader in that dressing room. You know, we don't hear from Balogun very often, Craig. Here he is. I think I don't have to tell anyone how big that win was today, also in terms of uh, a look at the table. <clears throat> um, and obviously, first off firm of the season, four house, win, clean sheet. You couldn't ask for more for me personally, man of the match, that's just amazing. It's nice to top off a difficult week. And obviously, uh, we've been all smiles after the game. Like I think everybody can be really proud of him of themselves today and that's everyone really everyone like staff players people who stepped up from the academy everybody and Mark there was so much chat pre-match wasn't there about the speed of Abada and especially Kyogo up against Balogun yeah you know Balogun coped uh, very well he, he stood up to it all you know he's playing against Kyogo who some would, would say is probably the, the form player in the mm -hmm. country form player in the premiership um, at the moment, and he stood up to it um, very well. You know, he, he had to call on every uh, every minute of his experience during his long um, career. But of course, um, he just handled it. He just handled it really well and, and grew into the game. And um, I certainly can't argue with his award of uh, of man of the match. And, and, and listening to him, as you say, probably don't hear from him um, often. But um, seems like a really nice fella as well. Here's a bit more. He was asked about the you know the tussle with uh, Furuhashi. We get actually clips of every player every week um, and I just had a look at the video at that little edit one time but obviously it's my job so I've watched them before <clears throat> I'm not gonna lie and say I've analyzed every move but I think with 33 years and the levels I've played you have some experience and you know what kind of player he is by watching a few bits of him I knew that it's gonna be a challenge because um, he's well, compared to me at least, he's quite small, sharp movements, quick feet, and it's just adapting to that and just trying to read him as good as possible. And yeah, I think today I've showed that I can time a slide tackle quite well. Um, because I'm not gonna lie, you should not have to slide tackle all the time, but if that's what it takes to stop him, that's what you have to do. And that's what, I, what I've done today if necessary. Craig, refreshing to get that insight from the player himself. Oh, definitely, you know, it's, it's nice to hear from you. Really on Balogun because as you say we don't get to hear from him a lot and I think uh, it, it's a weight off his shoulders because he, he was getting some criticism at times um, rightly I think because he hadn't been putting in the, the kind of performances that he's, he's obviously capable of um, so you know to, to hear him speak and you know 
he's a third choice right back. So to come in in that situation as well and put in that performance, and it's a different style of performance because obviously Patterson and Tavernier are similar right backs, so that they will go forward and they'll be up and down the pitch, you know, all day long. Balligan is able to to just sit back and hold a bit more, um, and I think it takes away some of the space that you might ordinarily see down that right hand side with with Tavernier Balligan, uh, Tavernier Patterson. But I think. Uh, Overall, he can certainly, you know, if that could be a launch pad for him to find a bit of form, I think he can definitely play his way into, into getting a start um, and, and a few more games. Um, I, I also wanted to ask you guys um, a question just because I'd noticed that, that I, I think this season the league title will be won or lost on away games. And I say that because if you look at so far this season in all competitions, the away records, the Rangers and Celtic, Rangers have had four away games, won one, drew two, lost one, Celtic had five, lost four, won one. And I think that to me tells a story of itself that clearly being at home with you know, a full crowd of your own fans there is, is a real boost and is really going to help. And it's about now how you react to going away in a more hostile environments where you're maybe not mm. going to have um, either any of your home your, your away fans there or you're only going to have a couple. So I just wonder yeah. if the guys think maybe that's going to yeah, it's be a good, it's a good point. Just on your first point about Balligan, I think it's a good point to make because he was probably feeling a bit of pressure, well, you know, probably externally um, because of his performance against Malmo where he was getting blamed for the, the two goals. He, you know, he, he was getting panned. Um, I think you were being a bit kind in terms of some of the comments um, about him. So for him to bounce back on a huge challenge yesterday, I think it's credit to him. And it's always pleasing to see that because you don't like to see any, you know, player under the, the cosh. Um, like that and on your second point yeah I think it's a great point that you make in terms of being away from home if you take it that Celtic and Rangers will both play 17 away fixtures if you take the old firm games out of the equation 17 away fixtures in the league um, 17 home games I think you're right that I would imagine Celtic and Rangers will be lucky if they drop four points each in the 17 home games you'll be allowed for a couple of draws just a, a, you know, an off day or two but away from home you're right it's going to be settled and what I've said you know Rangers have learned because you look at I think the accusation against Stephen Gerrard latterly I remember when the, you know the, going away from home rugby part and places like that they mm-hmm. couldn't win mm-hmm. um, whereas now they've learned how to do it they've, they've learned from the experience and that's something that Celtic are going to have to do um, under Ange Postecoglou to make it a proper title race Yep, yeah, I think Rangers are, you need to adapt your game when you go away to places like Tynecastle, Easter Road um, Fir Park Petaudry there's no doubt about it they're the ones where you need to go sometimes and it's roll your sleeves up and it's come away with a 1-0 where you play horrible but the most important thing is you get the three points and I agree I think it's a good point as well away games will be vital in this league title do you think the old firm will pull away from Hibs and Hearts? I was going to ask you, Craig, yeah. tongue-in-cheek, can Rangers overtake Hibs and Hearts? Because they're top of the table, of course, 10 points after the four games. But the serious point is the money being spent at Ibrox and at uh, Parkhead is it's on another planet, isn't it, compared to the budgets at Tynecastle and Easter Road. So, Craig, they should. do you expect it to be Rangers-Celtic going for the title? I, I would expect so, but I would, I would really like to see um, teams like uh, Hibs and, and Hearts and, and Aberdeen, um, you know, have a more prolonged and sustained period of time where they're putting pressure on Rangers or Celtic because I think that's important. I think you need that because it it adds just that bit more to the game. And I think those those teams, I look at Aberdeen, I look at Hibs, and I look at Hearts, and I think they're capable of of 
asking questions the Rangers and Celtic are they in the long run Craig though you know you know your football you love your football the fact is they crumble usually early in the season they They, they They didn't under you know Derek McInnes a few years ago they did chase Celtic before Rangers came back into it that's true but most of the time they don't but listen I think you're right it should be a rally cry to the east because they're top of the table but they fall away they'll be going for third place Mm. Hibs Hearts and, and Aberdeen there's no doubt about it Rangers and Celtic are too strong they, they'll start as the months go on they'll start to um, disappear mm. for the rest yep. of the, the, the pack but I'm like everybody I would love to see three, four, five teams yeah. going mm. for it but the reality is for me both Rangers and Celtic are far too strong What was served up yesterday we're going to hear from Simon Jordan later in the programme and Jim White I caught up with them Craig yesterday morning before the game and Mark you caught up with them on Saturday I've spoken to him since he said the crowd is phenomenal he did say Celtic fans should have been in there and they had a discussion, a discussion about it today and, and the old firm should sort this out we've said it now for weeks there's no question Barry said it John Hartson Mark yourself Davy Proven Leanne Crichton they should sort this out because the game is for fans being there wait, wait, but it's Was just, that his first old firm game? Yes he yep. couldn't believe it. I mean, yep. he's, uh, and I'm he also, not surprised. It's like everybody goes yeah. to that. Yeah. Nobody will experience anything like mm. it before. And we need to get the TV money in for Scotland. There has to be a way forward. Mm. He doesn't know the answer, but you'll find out during the programme we're going to hear. But he also went to Hibs against Livy. And he said, 14,000 people, it's a tidy ground. I think he, he realised... stadium. Did I see the other week Leicester City at home? It was 13,900, is that right? Did I see that at the end on match of the day? I think it was 14,000. And I know the money they've got, their training ground's 100 million. Scottish football is better than we Listen, believe. We've got some great stadiums yeah. up here. Easter Road's a great stadium. Tynecastle, best yeah. away stadium mm. for atmosphere. For sure. yeah. Go to Tynecastle as well. You'll love mm-hmm. that. And you obviously, you've got Celtic Park, you've got Ibrooks. Great stadiums up here. Craig, can you sort out the TV deal? It needs new <laughs> blood. It really does. In Scottish football, to think and get us in a bigger platform. No question. We're settling for second best. Yeah. It has to be different. Yeah. Should maybe get Simon Jordan yeah, yeah, to negotiate yeah. it for <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. Craig? Yeah, no, I, I think so. I, I think um, I'd love to see more, um, you know, more Scottish football games being able to be shown in the television. I think, you know, in Sky Sports, with the deal they've got, realistically, you're, you're lucky if you're getting one game every every two weeks. You know, the, the opening week of the season, because there's no Premier League on, we get a couple of games. But once the Premier League starts, we're kind of secondary to that. So we're always getting maybe, you know, an old firm game of these. I'm sure the Edinburgh Derby will be on in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to see more of that. And I think if you get more away fans in as well, it helps. You know, this issue with Rangers and Celtic and away fans, I think, is is nonsense. You know, Rangers started this ball rolling when they cut Celtic's allocation to 700 a couple of years ago. Celtic retaliated by doing the same. And it's just, it takes away passing that atmosphere because you know Simon Jordan if he was there on an occasion where you've got a couple of thousand Celtic fans there as well the, the atmosphere is electric it's like nothing you'll ever experience and I hope mm. that both sides can sort of you know bang their heads together and get around a table and, and sort it out because it's much better yep. for their game um, because it's the main game that most people across the, the, the globe oh, it's one of the biggest on Sky yep does they know what the viewing figures were for the game I don't know. Rochelle will be That'll checking. Be up there the it is. Aye, it always is. Liverpool, Man United. But we've got some great derbies this year. You've got yep. Hibs and Hearts. You've got Dundee, Dundee United. Um, brilliant. Great. Craig, good call. 
Enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the international break. We'll maybe speak to you about Scotland in the coming days. It's the Go Radio Football Show. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Holiday Monday south of the border. Bank holiday here in Scotland. That means no news of the overdraft. You get a better relief today, Mark, <laughs> don't you? Working journalists. <laughs> Never enough. 08087. Oh, oh, expenses to get <laughs> Or the old expenses, yeah. Oh, Those eight, were the days. Uh, there's never a big thing in radio. Just a reminder. Oh eight oh eight seventeen seventeen seven hundred expenses trips around Europe, following the old firm over the years. And Scotland too. Oh, well, Scotland. This oh, is the Scotland week about to start. Obviously, we're still uh, looking back at uh, yesterday, where Rangers won Celtic nil, Aberdeen in Ross County one one, and St Mirren St Johnson nil nil. And uh, on Saturday, some of the headlines. Well, Hibs a two 0 win against Livingston, and Motherwell beating Dundee one nil. Hearts winning at Dundee United. So the top of the table after four games Hibs and Hearts on uh, 10 points each Rangers on 9 Aberdeen on 8 Motherwell on 7 how did that happen in the last 8 days turn around for them uh, Celtic on 6 along with Dundee United then St Johnson on 3 Ross County on 2 along with Dundee and St Mirren Livy on no points we'll talk uh, down the divisions and we'll talk about Scotland in a moment or two but you know the headlines John McGinn Nathan Patterson out of the Denmark game uh, on Greg Saturday Greg Taylor James yeah. Forrest yeah they're out as well they're injured so yeah. we're going to look forward to those games then we're back to Hamden Moldova and then of course Austria mm. so a lot and coming up Barry you, yeah. you put Stuart Armstrong McTominay into that yeah, as well right. um, yeah. so there, there's there's probably out of that, that six players there probably three stroke four certain starters Yeah. Um, so he'll need to that's why he, he picks a big squad um, but I mean, it's a tough first game. Denmark, I watched the Danes. The Danes. Donald's not played for Motherwell. He's pa- yeah, he past couple of games either. Yeah, he, he never played in Saturday. Suspension. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, we'll speak to Stevie Clark in the next hour here on the Go Radio Football Show. So, thanks for making the switch to us. <laughs> We're on from five until seven. Tongue tied, meeting up with uh, Jim White and Simon Jordan on the way to the match. They were heading for the underground, can you believe? And Simon Jordan had uh, predicted a Celtic win. So, I caught up with them, welcomed them to Glasgow. And this was yesterday, about what time? Just before coming here. So, this was about half past ten yesterday morning. Very excited. You know, I've been to many big games. I've not been to this game, and I've been told by many people to go to it. So, I'm looking forward to an atmosphere. I'm looking forward to to what I've seen around on the streets of Glasgow, which is passion, commitment and energy. You know, and I, and I was wondering about yesterday in Edinburgh with Jim and went to the second half of, of Hibernia versus Livingston. And it sort of surprised me because I walked into what was a really nice stadium with 14,000, 15,000 fans. And I thought to myself, this isn't the image that some of us have got of Scottish football. We've got an image of, you know, very low level, very high, very high low level in terms of uh, attendances or low level in terms of quality or engagement. No, 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 no. This is proper football in a proper football league. You'll see it today, Jim. He'll know all about it. 50,000 Rangers against Celtic. What we can't understand in Scotland is how do we get back to getting the kind of television money mm. that used to be not quite as good as England, but is now, I mean, it's, we're in a, mm. another universe. Well, Paul, it's funny you say that. Simon and I have been talking about that while we've been up here. And historically, Simon, you were aware of this problem that Scottish football has faced for all too long. Mm. Well, I mean, the challenge is, I mean, I, I always think that you've got to have proper leadership, and I'm not entirely sure, with the greatest will in the world to Neil Doncaster, he's a decent fellow, but I think you need stronger people to run these leagues and run these divisions. When you look at the deal they've just done with Cinch, which people are making out to be some enormous deal, which is really only 8 million over five years, 1.6 million, which means the average team is going to get about 10 grand, and people are losing their minds over it. You have to start somewhere. 
But when you look at Scottish football, when you look at the fact that there's some players that are coming out, that there's some teams that have significance, Rangers are back amongst, right back amongst the mix now, broadcasters need to probably look at this a little bit more closely, or they need to, they need to get a little bit more grown up and start thinking about doing their own broadcasting platform, because there's enough interest in this country and enough revenue to be generated for it to be done better than what they currently do. If they're getting 35 million quid out of a broadcast deal, you'd be better off doing it on your own. Yeah, that's a thought, isn't it, Paul? But again, it's getting the, the, the pull of heads together to think, yeah, we can be that ambitious and let's go for it. And this man's all over that kind of thing. It's about taking risks, Simon, isn't it? It's about changing something that's gone on too long. Well, you know, you, you want to make an omelette, you've got to break some eggs. You've got to make, you, taking risks is great. You've got to have educated risks. You've got to know what the downsides are. But quite frankly, the downsides are so limited with the amount of revenue coming into Scottish football, you'd be well served to probably get some very significant people which there are in this country looking at how this broadcasting opportunity can manifest itself with Scottish football because there is an opportunity here but you've got to look outside the box how you do it the, you know, obviously the, the conventional the linear broadcasters are not looking at it in the right way in my view there's an opportunity here I'm not quite sure how you join the dots up but there is an opportunity here now, Paul, he's going to be very popular because he's about to get in the Glasgow Underground with me heading over to Ibrox 50,000 Rangers fans and only Rangers fans and you tipped Celtic. I, I did, not out of any disrespect to my hosts, but I've just got a, a feeling. I mean, I've got an Antipodean in charge of Celtic. I think there's a lot of expectations, the first game back. But I wouldn't, I'd be more inclined to go with the draw. That's me getting all sort of Martin Keown and sitting on the fence. But my gut feel is a Celtic win. Sorry, Rangers, I hope I'm wrong. And Jim, for you? For me, I, I, I'm going with this man. I honestly do think it's very hard to split them, Paul. Uh, I think I said to Sunis and McCoy when we were in Glasgow on Friday with them, I think 2-2, so let's go for 2-2. It ended up, of course, 1-0. Everyone wrong. We thought there was going to be loads of goals, but it was a big day for Rangers. Barry, he always talks sense, doesn't he, Simon Jordan? And saying there, look, Rangers Celtic should have a much bigger TV audience and far higher revenues. Yeah, and he speaks uh, fondly of Scottish football. He says himself he was surprised. Why, why did they just? Why did they not go to the first half of the game? I think they were. Perhaps, well, were, I, they, were they out yeah, somewhere? Uh, not. Have you got it? Duncan Simon, Simon no. was in the gym. Yeah. What was it? He was in the gym. <laughs> well, that's right. He was in the yeah. gym session. First time yep. he's been shocked how yep. good a stadium. Easter Road is. It was what fourteen, fifteen thousand yeah. fans. It's just um, shown him that, that Scottish football has got good stadiums because the perception down in England is the stadiums are no great, the teams are no great. There's good players up here and there's good stadiums up here. Mark, how do we change it though? He said it himself that he doesn't have the the answer, but it needs uh, it needs some new blood. It needs new Scottish football. It needs uh, the SPFL hierarchy to play hardball proper with, with Sky, mm -hmm. with all television companies, BBC included to go and play hardball with them and, and get more money than what we're getting. That's the bottom line. Because we have got a good product. We have got games that people want to see. We have got right good players. You know, in the past five years, we've had Brendan Rodgers and Stephen Gerrard, mm. you know, in charge of uh, Celtic and Rangers. Before that, we've had, we've had Dick Advocat, we've had Paul Le Graham, we've had yeah. Martin O'Neill, we've had Gordon Strachan. You know, Box when you think office. about it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Look at the players. You know, there's been, there's been Virgil... Van Dijk, there's been Paul Gascoigne, you know, <laughs> looking yeah. at some of the, the, the quality um, that we've had. So, yeah, it does now, well, that takes someday, you know, a, a, a consultant to come in and, and, and go and do it on behalf. I don't know, but listen, we, we, we should be getting more. And Simon Jormund knows, you know, when you listen to him on, on Talk Sport every day, he knows his stuff. Yep. 
you know, he's 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 right up there. On the other hand, I've heard Barry Hearn talk about Scottish football. One thing I would say to defend it, it is easy just to go and see it, but it, but it's not so easy to go and get it over the line. But we need to try and try and get a bit uh, a bit more. But I love the interview. It's great listening to Simon Jordan. The truth is, because there are only five million people here, I mean, across the world, Celtic and Rangers have huge uh, number of fans, but it, they some, only really want to see each other. Smaller countries have got bigger TV deals, yep. and I wouldn't say their mm. leagues are better than ours. Mm. The, the Dutch league? Yep. Yep, that's yeah, true. Look, yep. They've got Ajax, PS, PSV and Feyenoord, but we've got yep. Rangers, Celtic, sure. Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen, yeah. Dundee United. Love it. Dundee. We've yep. got big clubs in the Premier League now. We're right behind them. So, no doubt this will continue uh, as Cristiano Ronaldo has completed his medical ahead of the move to Manchester United from Juventus. We brought it to you on Friday. It was the breaking news. I see he's training with Portugal, I think. Yeah, uh, and obviously Playing against the Republic of Ireland. Yeah, oh. Yep, this week. Mark, this week. on the ball as always. Back to uh, the football this weekend and what we've just uh, witnessed. Rangers winning 1-0 yesterday. Philip Halander rising above the Celtic defence and scoring. And afterwards, the manager spoke about his team's performance and adapting to the Celtic style. Celtic, you know, they play with two players extremely wide and high. So, we'll, you know, it's, it, when we're doing our analysis of, of the opponent, we've got to look at their strengths and we've got to adapt. But then, during the game, I thought we enforced our style onto, onto Celtic. And, and, and that's why the game, is, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a good game. Obviously, I'm, I'm smiling at we won. But, you know, it was... You know, it could have gone either way. What about Borner Barisic? Was that a farewell yesterday? That just might be a wee reminder to himself that that's that's his level. You know, I thought that was that was Borner Barisic back at his very very best in possession, out of possession, and it's it's it's, it's good to see. Barry, what do you think uh, on? I agreed. I, I enjoyed yeah. watching the game yesterday. Mm. There was very good players on show. There was good passes to play, good mm. passing, good amount of possession for Celtic, and then you think at half time what's going to happen with Rangers, and I thought Rangers come out and. And I thought they started to dominate the game. They started to get further up the pitch and stop Celtic from dominating the ball. Um, so I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a real good game, as I said. And then Rangers, as I said, started to put a bit of pressure because I thought they sat off and let Celtic settle into the game too much in the first half. Um, and it was a case of getting in at nothing each. Getting in, getting that 10 minutes with them, letting them know that um, that they need to improve a bit in the second half and they certainly improved big time in the second half for me. Mark, I wonder what he said to them at half-time. We just, we just felt on the, in the moments of transition if we would showed a wee bit more quality and that, that first pass and then that gives you the ability to make three or four passes and then you create a wee bit of rhythm. So that was, that was the thing. We wanted to try and play more. I, I think, you know, over the two clips you've played there, Paul, Gary McAllister's analysis, spot on and, and very honest. You know, it's right. You know, he summed up the ninety minutes um, perfectly. And uh, as I said, you know, please for him as well. I can see it's been a tough few days handling the European game, the journey back, the two-day preparation, walking in eggshells, getting the news a few hours before kickoff that Nathan Patterson is available to step up, and then having to rejig, knowing that Celtic strengths are middle to front. So you know, they managed to cope with that, and then gradually got themselves into the game imposed themselves once again, started to pin Celtic back and uh, they got their the rewards. After the news, we'll hear from Ange Postacoglu about the transfer window. It's crucial for Celtic. He's only been in for, what, two months and they still need to spend in the next, what, 24, 26 hours. Barry Borna Barisic, is it farewell, do you think? Well, you could say that with, with what happened after the, mm. after the game. 
Um, it may be possible. Look, I, I can see why clubs will be looking at Barisic because mm. over the piece, he has been a an excellent Rangers player. Um, there's no doubt going forward, he, he's excellent in his, his delivery. I thought his delivery was off yesterday, but that bit of, of quality showed with his delivery from the corner kick for Holanda to head her in. Um, but look, good players, when they perform week in, week out, are always going to get noticed. And that's what uh, Barisic has done over the piece for Rangers. What's the price tag, would you think? If he is going, Mark, what would take him away? Barisic? Yeah, God, it depends like on how long he's got oh. left. And he's got, I'm not too mm. sure how long two? he's... I think two, maybe... Maybe two. I mean, mm. They signed him for pretty much two million, I think, roughly, mm. give or take. Um, he's been, you know, first of all, been brilliant value for money. Uh, he absolutely has. Um, you know, because Rangers really struggled to live back. You think I mean, and people that they tried. And, and even Barisic, to be, you know, I don't. I think they'd, they'd kind of given up. Mm internally Andy Rangers supporters on Borna Barisic for a spell and, and, and in fact I think Andy Halliday or somebody get picked ahead of him possibly for an old film game yep. um, but he came good bit. last season but he did wow. he did yep. and he delivered and he's injured you know he, he, he took it you know I think he really learned from watching Tavernier this is what I've got to do on the left hand side what's his value Paul yep. oh my god I don't know what we're looking at five Mi or minimum seven seven yeah, million I, I, maybe I would yeah. say a little bit of seven mark, a Covid yeah. price it would have been more yeah. before yeah. Covid we've got Barry Ferguson Paul Cooney Mark Guidi and loads of your calls coming after the news The Go Radio Football Show download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five Yep, top game. That's what Ange Postacoglu said. From a Celtic point of view, they didn't take the points, didn't take the chances. Not that there was very many, but they had loads of possession. For Rangers, they had COVID problems. It's happened to every club. It's happening to the champions now. But they came out with that one goal that makes the difference. In the first hour, Barry said, Rangers show 50,000 of their home fans. That's what they want. It's not an issue. Rangers can do it in front of the home crowd. And Mark, you were saying... This season, it's going to be a real battle for the title and the away performances are going to be crucial for the old firm, given that Celtic, especially Celtic, having lost at Tynecastle and Ibrox. Yeah, uh, it will be. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, Rangers deserve to win just about yesterday. Uh, Paul, they showed why they're champions. A bit of adversity leading up to the game. Key players missing, the manager missing. They answered some questions yesterday. But for Celtic, considering some of the performances that Celtic turned in against Rangers last season, in a couple of games they actually didn't show up at all. I thought it was encouraging for Celtic what happened yesterday, but they're going to have to learn that difficult away venues to dig in, even if it means nicking a point, but just digging in and not losing the game. That's the next stage for Postacoglu. Middle to front, they're absolutely fine. They'll score plenty of goals, but they need to dig in when they're under pressure. On the line now, Mick, a Celtic fan, is on from Greenock. Mick, good evening. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good. How are you? Um, bit gutted, to be honest, but um, aye. What did you think was going to happen, Mick? So going into, obviously, you know, Celtic had a really good couple of weeks. What was your feeling beforehand? Um, well, a lot more optimistic than, than last season, to be honest. Yep. So um, I think we've, I mean, we've came a long way in a really short kind of time. Um, but I was a bit worried, obviously, about the defence. And I know it was a really good squad. But um, I thought the game, there wasn't a lot in it. Um, to be honest, I thought we played quite well first half. A lot of possession, but not really tested the, the keeper I mean it's the third choice keeper so I thought maybe put him under a bit more pressure I was a wee bit disappointed with that Barry yeah well, look I, I give you my honest opinion I thought yep. Celtic dominated the ball better uh, in the first half I thought the second half Rangers uh, came out the traps better and 
and uh, get better as the, the second half went on and got the, the goal but I, I think middle to front I don't think Celtic have got any issues it's defensively they still look a bit suspect but the way that Postacoglu plays they're, they're very attack minded um, and I was surprised yesterday because when I have watched Celtic they do create a lot of opportunities they never created many opportunities I know they had a lot of the ball but apart from the Edward one there was a couple of crosses I know uh, Kyogo got through twice mm-hmm. in the second half. The one McCrory saved with his foot. None of one he's tried to cut back. But apart from that, I was expecting a bit more in the final third for Celtic. Yeah, I, I thought the final ball mm-hmm. two or three times yesterday was poor. They get into good areas. What some good one twos. There was one time particularly. I think they you know they, they managed to get in behind um, Barisic and Kent. But you know by the standards required in an old firm game to go and really o- open your defence up and create them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they let themselves down with the final ball two yeah, or three they, times. They look a lot more dangerous with Kyogo directly yeah. through the middle. Mm. There's no doubt about that. You, you've seen that the last, um, was it 15 or, or 20 minutes mm. or so? Yep. Um, they did look a bit more dangerous. He looked more happier going through the middle. As I said, I think Rangers were were uh, absolutely delighted when they seen um, they seen Kyogo playing on the left-hand side. Mick, you'll be watching the transfer deadline the transfer deadline countdown. Here's the manager. He was asked about what's going to happen. I don't know, but I'm, I'll be pretty happy to get to the end of the window, to be fair, and know who's here and who's not. Uh, it's, it's been hugely a challenging period. There's no doubt about that. With, with players coming in, uh, as I said, we've been throwing them in, and uh, uncertainty about who who's going to stay. Um, it was always going to be a challenging month for us, so... I'll be happy to get to, to Tuesday and, and, and know that you know the players we've got in the building are the ones that are committed to us. Mick, what would you do with Odson, Edward? A favourite for so long, but it's time to go, isn't it? Uh, it's been time to go for a long time, to be honest. And I think it's just, see anybody that doesn't want to be there, they need to just get rid of them, get as much as you possibly can and just build the team around people that actually want to play there. Um, and I think we, I mean, I think <clears throat> when you look at the two teams' benches yesterday, um, it kind of emphasised how much we really need to get the extra kind of reinforcements in because other than Rogic, um, you know, there's not really any decent options there to bring on, but the Rangers have, despite having COVID, they still had a much stronger bench than we did. Um, so I think get the players that don't want to be there, get them out and get as many people in as possible. But I'm, I'm looking forward to the window being done um, and just try to have a set of scheduled squad. But I mean, Andrew's done really good so far. I think yesterday we were unlucky. I think the difference was... Rangers up to tempo a wee bit in the second half and they, they got a lot more urgency than we did. I don't really know what happened to Celtic um, in the second half. Maybe it was just Rangers were better. Um, I'm not too sure. But um, aye, Edward, definitely Edward has got to go. Um, he clearly doesn't want to be there, so there's no point in playing. Callum McGregor, as captain, was asked about Edward. Hopefully we can keep him. Um, but like you said, if, if that happens, then you know he's, he, he's one of the greats. Um, he's, he's scored so many big goals for us. Um, derby goals, cup final goals. So... You know, I hope everybody, if, if that's the case, then they remember him in a good light. But, you know, like I said, we'll like keep him, obviously. I guess his message is, in Ange Postacoglu, he trusts. You know, when you when you lose these fixtures, there's always a you know, there's always a panic button moment and, you know, everyone jumps on it. Um, but like I said, six weeks ago to where we are now, you know, there's been a lot of progression and we, we can't lose focus. We let everyone else do the talking. You know, they can, they can hype it up as much as they want. But, you know, the only way we are going to get better and progress is... You know, if we stay calm and we listen to the manager um, and we continue to build on the performances and if you perform well, then normally you get the results. So, you know, like I said, we have to remain calm in the moment where, you know, maybe some people will try and hype it up. Mark? I think Callum, excuse me, Callum McGregor spoke a lot of sense here. Um, Paul, you know, don't, don't get caught up. Of course, I'll be disappointed. 
Is it, a, is it a, a, a cause for panic? Celtic losing the game yesterday? No, it's not. You know, you have got to bear in mind, and it is a great point. And you know, Celtic players, Celtic supporters shouldn't lose sight of the fact that the manager has only been working with this group for seven or eight weeks. Mm. You know, it's a new team. You know, look at Steven Gerrard. Rangers are champions, but but it took them four transfer windows to, to to really get it right and get it going. So that's a team that's been together with the management and, and working hard for the past three years and they've, they've built up every year and progressed so I think it's a good point from Callum McGregor and also as well Paul to pay um, tribute to him I think he's really taken to the role um, as captain I thought he played very well yesterday too particularly uh, in the first half good leadership very composed set a good example um, for his teammates so yeah over the piece it's been a, a transition as well from, from Callum McGregor to really having to step up to the plate and I think so far he's he's shown a lot of maturity. He was Celtic's best player yesterday, Callum McGregor. I said it yesterday. He, he was a a driving force certainly when they went a goal down. He was trying to he was that one that was trying to drive them on, and he stepped into the shoes. He Scott Brown really well. He speaks well, Callum McGregor, yeah. when you listen to him. Yeah. And listen, he's a very good midfield player as well. You don't play that amount of games um, for Celtic, and you don't get capped that many times for Scotland if you're not a top midfielder and he has and I think he'll get better as the months go on for what's, but for what's his what's his best attribute he, he's got he's got a mix of he's got all the attributes the best attribute I would say he, he's a good passer of the ball I like him he, he, he can keep it simple but also he can play that defence splitting pass as well um, I, I've always liked and he, he can play in that holding role but also you can push him further forward to one of the midfielders that will get um, beyond. But I think in time you'll see him being that holding mm-hmm. midfield player. Mick, what about the defence? Starfield, again, you know, there were moments when you wonder when is he going to settle down? And what would you say to the Celtic board if they're listening with the transfer window got one day and four hours to go? You need... Nah, he's, we, he, need we need another three or four defenders, I would say. Yeah. Um, he's no... It just gives me the fear every time he gets the ball. And I think, see, the way, the way we play, obviously playing out for the back, especially away at Ibrox, because they're going to press is really high. It's, mm. it's putting them under the pressure, I think, sometimes. But I think that's just the way we're going to be playing. But I think against better teams, we're going to get punished. And he it doesn't really, it seems to be quite slow as well. Um, so, again, it's the early days. So, I mean, you know what I just say? Sure. I mean, he's rubbish straight away. He's only had a couple of games. But still, maybe he'll hit form, I think, hopefully at some point. But we definitely need more bodies in there. Um the the new boy Juranovic, I like to look at him. Um, mm-hmm. I think he'll be a really good signing for us. But again, we we badly need a solid centre half because Julian. We don't know when he's going to be back, and he's really injury prone, and he's, he wasn't. He didn't really have the best start of his career anyway with Celtic. So we badly need we badly need a centre half. I would say, but again, whether we get one or not, it's it's up to the board. Barry, I was just about to say that Juranovic for his mm-hmm. his first game, old firm game, playing at left back, where predominantly is a. He has a right back. Um, he look. He looks apart. I mean, again, you don't get caught with Croatia yeah. if you're a bad sure. player. Um, Croatia have always got good players. Um, but look, it is, it is an area that Celtic definitely need to strengthen. Julian, I don't think he's going to be uh, when when they talk October October time. Well, they're not really that saying exactly. Too, yeah, yeah, they're not saying exactly. That could be too late for them. Sure. Um, and as you know, you need you need dominant centre backs. Mark, what is the latest today then on the transfer front for Celtic? The Greek striker has signed. Yeah, yeah. Jakimakis. Yep. Jakimakis or yep. Big George as he'll, as he'll, <laughs> yeah. as he'll be known. Big yep. Gorgeous Georgius. Uh, 
He's uh, signed centre-forward striker, two and a half million quid, top scorer in Dutch football last season, Greek uh, as well. So, uh, you know, a connection there to the to the manager, ball accounts, Jota or Jota, the Benfica winger who spent last season alone at Real Valladolid is coming um, as well. So that's with an option to buy. The reports on him are a really exciting player, um, Paul, down the left-hand side. So you know, that's an area that Celtic have, have needed to fill. So if you're getting... Um, Jakimukas and Jota in um, I think they'll, they'll be a push in the next 24 hours for one more probably a central defender I don't see any more business being done Paul but if a, but if a central defender becomes available then I think there's a there's a need to go and do that but apart from that you look at the squad considering Forrest was missing yesterday mm. James McCarthy mm. was, was missing yesterday Greg Taylor was missing uh, yes they're all international footballers so when you take that into account, um, I think Edward will go. The, the most interesting one, well, two things. A, how much will they get for Edward? And B, what's going to happen with Ryan Christie mm-hmm. in the next 24 hours? That's the two They've left it late on that, haven't they? Or, you know, the circumstances of Ryan Christie. People have said for months that he'll probably go. He started the season brilliantly. Mick, how do you feel about Ryan Christie? Stay or go? Um, started, he started really well this season, but yesterday kind of bit able but um, I think it's, it's kind of strange if he's not really heard anything from him if he wants to if he's going to take a new contract or to go it sounds as if he's going to go um, I yep. think we've offered him the same so if he doesn't again similar to Edward if he doesn't want to be there just get him out and replace him mm-hmm. similar to that so it's I would, I'd like him to stay but um, mm-hmm. I don't think he will I think Edward and Chris will be away and Joe Hart were you pleased to see him come and a more than decent start I know there was a a wobble last week in Europe what do you make of the former England goalkeeper um, okay, so to be honest, he's anybody would be better than Barkas. Barkas should be selling programs outside the ground. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite happy with him. He's, he's a few wee mistakes, but he's also had big saves um, as well that probably th- definitely have kept us in Europe. If that was Bain or Barkas in goal, we'd have been out of Europe uh, or we'd, we'd have been in the the conference. So he's definitely a, a massive improvement. Um, I'd probably still, I mean, David Marshall would get him in as well. Um, he's not. Yep. I don't think he's going to be playing at Derby. I think he's a third choice now. So. He'd be a brilliant backup to have, or maybe even come in as a number one. So I'd get him if, if we could, but well, I haven't really heard much about it. Davy Proven has been saying that for two weeks here in the programme, hasn't he, he, Barry? He said it again you yesterday. Bring yeah. in if you've still got Barkas and, and Ben there, one would need to go. And it doesn't look if any are going to go. Because, listen, Barkas are born big money. Mm-hmm. Ben yeah. are born a decent contract as well. So I don't think they could bring another goalkeeper in just now. Certainly, probably Ben and Barkas. Probably the two of them will want to leave. I don't know about Barkas. I know there's interest abroad uh, in Scott Bain. A couple of teams from abroad that are interested in him. Well, that gets over the line in time for, for tomorrow night. One or two countries as well have different transfer windows um, from what we've got here. But maybe the key would be if, if Darby can reach a settlement with, with um, David Marshall. He becomes a free agent so the window wouldn't apply to him and then, you know, I believe. But there's no doubt David Marshall will want to get away from Derby because he's not going to get a look in with Scotland. It's a strange one going for choice. Yeah, I, I know he made a couple of mistakes last year, but that's... listen. Keepers but, do. Who doesn't? Which keeper? Yeah, to, mm. to be number one and then go to um, number three. Mm. And it's it's uh, it's killed him with the Scotland squad as yeah. well. Yeah. He, he's, listen, Steve Clark wants people playing. Mm. Obviously, Big Marsh ain't playing, so he's no going to get into the, the Scotland squad, and he was Scotland's number one in the Euros. Exactly. Yeah. Helped I, to take us there, that uh, the great penalty we'll never forget. I would imagine uh, Marshall's situation at Derby, Paul, looking at the state of that football club, is more about finances than yeah. actual David Marshall's ability. Sure. Well, they'd be pleased to get him off the, exactly, off yeah. the wage, but in the family still live in the Glasgow area, so... Yeah. 
that would be a good move for them. Mick, listen, can you... I mean, you're four points behind. Clearly, that's not that much. But after four games, I take it... Are you beginning to worry that, you know, a gap could emerge between, well, especially Rangers and Celtic? No, not as honest I'm not. I'm actually a lot more optimistic than I, than I usually would be after right. the whole yep. Um yep. I think with the way we've been playing, it's a work in progress. And look at the transition we've had since the summer. I mean, I never expected us to have... The, to be playing this style of football to start with so I mean, once mm-hmm. once the transfer window is closed I think we'll just improve and just start getting a run of results together um, I mean we could have won yesterday we, we, yeah. wasn't it, there wasn't much in it considering the way it was before so no, nah, I'm, I'm optimistic I think Mark Cedelloni is quite Martin Barry said it's going to go to the wire I fully agree with that I think whether we win the league or not I don't know um, but I definitely think we'll be a hell of a lot closer than last season but it couldn't have been any worse I suppose so wait and see. Mick thanks for the call Cheers, Cheers. Mick there Cheers, in calling in. Let's hear from Ange Postacoglu speaking about both sides yesterday. It was a tight game. Like I said, I don't think there was any sort of team that held too much dominance at any time. There wasn't a lot of chances for both sides. We probably had the better of them, you know, in terms of clear-cut ones. And, but, yeah, I thought the players handled it OK. As I said, in, you know, derby games are never going to be particularly in this kind of circumstance where it's the first one where the fans are back in and you know, it's going to be a tight game. And as I said, that first goal is going to be critical. Barry, when you lose just before the international break, how difficult is that? Or is it good you get 10 days away from each other and then regroup again? It's still early, day, Paul. It's only four games into the season. Yeah. Um, it's only four points. Listen, it's great when you, you play an old firm game and you, you get that first victory. Mm. It is great for the confidence. But look, there's two weeks before the next game... Guys will get a few days off, they'll go away international and they'll come back refreshed. Need to hit the ground running again. Rangers would celebrate a bit last night. You were saying that, they should have a beer and enjoy it because it's been, I know it's only four games, but they've had the European, they've gone out the Champions League, they've stayed in the Europa League, looking at Rangers now. Yeah, look, I'm all for that. Look, there's going to be a break, they're going to get a, you heard Gary McAllister, they'll get a few days off. Nothing up with celebrating when you, you beat your rivals. A couple of days off, have a, a beer or two. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Did you have a few last night? Did you celebrate with, uh, afterwards? Yep, yeah, with Davy says a few shared bits last night. Yep. Indeed, Davy probably quiet saying ones, that as well. Quiet yeah. One. yeah, you're not going out after the uh, the old firm game, no. which Rangers took the bragging rights. Do we still say that, Mark? Was that kind of the bragging uh, the rights? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're all, I think it was a bank holiday Monday in some place today. But yeah, yep. there'll be a lot of happy Rangers supporters yep. getting into the A lot of Celtic supporters will be dreading getting into face them. So hopefully, there's been some good, friendly banter this morning. More of your calls next. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Go Radio Football Show, Paul Cooney. 24 minutes past six. It's Monday evening. First all-firm game of the season was yesterday. Rangers winning by one goal to nil. Top of the table, it's Edinburgh, Hearts and Hibs, followed by Rangers, Celtic in sixth position. So, what's going to happen this season? Game on, 0808 17 17 700. We'll also look at Scotland. We're going to hear from Stevie Clark in a moment or two. But it's not breaking news, but speculation as the transfer window comes to a close tomorrow night. What about Troy Deeney, the ex-Watford striker, Mark? He's going to be on the move. Where do you think he's going? Well, he's he's a, he's a Birmingham City uh, fan, Barry's old club. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think that's his kind of dream destination. Um, if he can get that over the line, does he want to go and play at St Andrews uh, um, in the Championship? I'm sure it holds appeal. I think in one of the, the English Sunday papers yesterday as well, they, they did tip that he was going to come to an agreement to leave Watford. So that's happened the first bits, right? And then they had him linked with Celtic and, and also um, just putting Rangers into the mix as well. Perhaps that there's a an interest there from the, the old firm. He's 33. 
I think he's got a lot to offer. He's very talented. He's a big unit. I mean, he's a big, powerful striker with loads of talent. Now, yes, Birmingham's got the obvious appeal because he supports Birmingham. But coming up to Scotland to go and try and win trophies, play in Europe, um, that must hold a bit of appeal as well. Yeah, it's got to appeal to him. Mm. Um, I, I think he would suit the game up here perfectly. As Mark just mentioned, they played against him. Physical specimen there, a guy. Yeah. Hard um, to play against. Yep, yep, big guy, powerful, can score goals. Played at the highest level. Yeah. Obviously, mm. we've seen with, with Watford, he's been there 11 years. Um, and why not? You want to win you don't want to finish your career I don't know what he's I'm sure he's won the championship a few times with Watford their playoff games mm. but 33 years of age a chance to play in Europe and win more trophies up here that, that must appeal to him and Mark his agent has uh, tweeted uh, a mystery sort of picture from Ibrox is that from yesterday yeah, there's a online there so they often do that these days though they, yeah, sometimes it's a red the, herring sometimes yep. yep you just um, you never look at it commander a big uh, mm. salary but again if he's got a decent payoff there from from Watford um, then you know maybe something um, could come out so it's something that uh, that he couldn't rule out and also as well uh, Paul the fact that he's now a free agent there's no mm. rush to get something done before yeah. tomorrow night because the deadline doesn't apply to him he's a free agent OK well we'll keep you right up to date here on Go Radio on the programme uh, tomorrow night and obviously with Joe Maguire and with Joe throughout the day on Go Radio News don't touch the dial. Is there still a dial out there? But thanks to everyone who has uh, downloaded us. Rochelle, we must be heading for 850,000 people. Just over a year. A year and a month. Tomorrow it'll be Barry since we uh, broke onto the airways here that Friday night at the start of the season. Yep, it's, it's flew in and yep. um, I've no a, a day out. And but it's coming. It's coming. Wait, what tirelessly you want? But yeah, no, so it's coming, isn't it? It's yeah. coming. So a few sherbets. Yep, yeah, a few sherbets. So looking forward looking to forward that. Looking forward to it. Yeah, looking forward to the internationals that are coming up. We're going to speak to Stevie Clark in a moment or two. Barry, for you at the weekend, there was no game for Aloha, but again because of COVID issues. And... Uh, it's tough for everybody, isn't it? It hasn't gone away yet. So many people, and the message you were saying yesterday with Davy Proven is please get double vaccinated. Yeah, we spoke to um, the players about that. There was a few that only had one vaccination. They went and got it um, last week. Um, so we're keen on the players doing that. But listen, it's, it comes down to them. You, you, you can't force them. Um, but listen, it's going to it's going to happen throughout the season. It's it's one of the things where um, the game get cancelled with us at four o'clock on a Thursday and then me had another positive case um, at five o'clock who he, he took his test and, and couldn't come um, his lateral flow test then had to go and get a PCR test and that's come back um, positive and he's a he's a really important player for us so we're going to be without him for the next ten days It was a big weekend for Queen's Park at the top of the table beating Falkirk 1-0 they go on and on Mark don't they? Yeah, they yep. do. You know, they won the championship, uh, sorry, League Two um, last season with a bit to spare, um, a lot of investment, good management. You know, on and off the park um, at the club, and, and there's no doubt there's obviously big ambitions for Queens Park, and they, they appear to be heading in the right direction. But I think as well, you know, we're talking about the Premiership, Paul. I think League One and our own Championship too. We're going to have good title races in in all of them. You know, we can oh. see the three leagues. Um, really, you know, keeping us all going mm. to the end. Look at Partick Thistle, 3 0 at yeah. home to Morton, and Inverness Cali Thistle winning against Kilmarnock, who've just gone down and were the favourites. Yeah, Dodgers had a brilliant start nice, with, yeah. with Inverness. Um, Kilmarnock, obviously, for me, are favourites. 
Um, but to go down to Rugby Park and come away with a 1 0 win, that's a brilliant result for Inverness. And good news for you, the Aki's got a win at Queen of the South. Yeah. 2 1. Yeah, yep. I've seen that good uh, good result. Um, it, it was the new manager's first game. Yep. Big so Stuart Taylor. Yep, mm-hmm. so important to go off to a winning start, and that's what you've done. And your old team, Kelty Hearts, you've left them in good shape. Top yeah, of the table, flying. 4 1 win. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> absolutely flying. Um, that Kevin's I done that. well, hasn't he, with your yeah, team? Listen, yeah, I know he's added he's added yeah. a few players to that, but uh, they were going to be favourites. Strong strong bunch of guys are left, and he added good quality, to be fair to Tomo. Um, had a long chat with him. It was a good job for him to take, and um, they're doing brilliantly this season. The rearranged fixtures have come out uh, this afternoon, so there's no point in the radio giving them all, but we'll put them on the socials as well. But uh, Celtic will play Livingston on Sunday, September the 19th at three o'clock. Rangers at home to Motherwell, uh, same day at three. Uh, the f- 3rd of October, look at this though, Aberdeen against Celtic, 12 o'clock at Petordry. It's live in Sky Sports. Uh, Rangers-Hibs, a home game on the 3rd of October. Loads of fixtures. It's always tough, isn't it? Rangers or Celtic going to Aberdeen for a 12 o'clock kickoff. Well, it's okay for the players because we, we would yeah. go up the night before sure. but it's the fans having to travel up yeah. at that time. Um, but the, the thing is, you can't avoid it, Paul, mm. because now the the, 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 the league, yeah, sure. so it's tied. They've got to play those yeah. yep. six fixtures right after the Thursday night European game. The answer so. is stay in the Champions League. <laughs> or get there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tuesday and Wednesday games. That's right. Um, the Thursday yeah. gives you little recovery. Yeah. Um, but listen, that, that that's what happens when you play at big clubs. Rob Rangers will be busy. Celtic. He'll be up and down that road to Aberdeen. Rob yeah, McLean will be here tomorrow the, night. Yeah, yeah. He'll sleep in the back of the car, Rob. <laughs> He'll be with us at the day out, won't he? he? Rob will be, surely. Well, yeah, he will be. The Christmas day. Off the Christmas, Christmas, off the Christmas day. He's got his notice, doesn't he? Let's take some more calls. Craig is on the line 08 08 17 17 700. Craig, a happy Rangers fan. Good evening, Craig. How are we doing? Good. How are you? Hi, Mark, Paul. Hi, Craig. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I'm also delighted, yeah. Not bad. You've been understated there, Craig. I know. I know. It's just having the bragging rights again, as usual. Took, it, took a lot of stick for nine years, so it's good. <laughs> so, what are you thinking about yesterday? What was a highlight, for, apart from the gold goal uh, by Hollander? Um, what do you want to ask Barry and Mark? I was going to ask Barry, um, Stephen Davis, at the age of 36, um, thought even you look at the 93rd minute, the way he's running getting on the ball, attacking players, you know, making things happen again. Could you see the pro he is today back when you played with him when he first signed? Yeah, I, I could, Craig, if I'm being honest with you. He was always one player that uh, never missed a day's training, always looked after himself. Um, but as you got older, you know what I mean, the amount of games that he's played, um, I, he's a credit to himself. Uh, the way, obviously, yeah. as you got older, you've got to look after yourself better and better. People have got to remember he plays international games as well. He's um, he plays every single game for Rangers. I'm sure if Ryan Jack was there, and I think if you you ask Stephen Gerrard, he would love to maybe take him out for a game or two. But I think I I, a bit more. yeah, but I think he's too important, Craig. I think yeah, Rangers yeah. can't do without him. Um, look, I thought he was quiet in the first half. I thought the second half he started to get a grip of the game, and as you just mentioned, the 92nd or 93rd minute, mm. he's closing Sorrow down in his own half and he's sprinting or driving with the ball 30 or 40 yards that's a 36 year old coming around 37 um, mm-hmm. I thought he, he's just you know what he's a as I mentioned there he's a credit to himself and guys will look up to him mm. he, he's a fantastic yeah. pro but he's a fantastic player Mark, I think he's got better Mark wage better trying to replace him is yeah. for me what it gives, gives me the fear 
you know, I think a guy has has quality. Yeah, I mean it's going to be hard to replace him, but I do think Ryan Jack has got the capabilities yeah. to replace him. The only thing with Ryan Jack is I'm I'm waiting to hear what, yeah. what what's going on with the the recovery situation. Um, I, I was expecting Ryan Jack to be back. Um, that's I, five months now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's went pretty quiet on Ryan Jack. Um, I hope he's going to be back. Um, because. When Rangers first signed him, I've got to be honest with you, I thought he was going to just be a bit part player, a squad player. He's another one who's got better, and he's got no better mentor than Stephen Davis there. I think long term, if he gets himself back 100%, Ryan Jack can take over. But at this moment in time, Steve Davis is irreplaceable for me. He's got to play. He's got to play. And I think they'll manage him, Craig, as well. Three games a week. I think it's a case of playing the game, recover, massage. Yeah. Do whatever he wants to do and just make sure you get him on that pitch. And he's still going to play for Northern Ireland, isn't he? 126 <laughs> caps. Mark, how does he do it? And you saw that, you know, in injury time, he sprints upfield, wins the ball from Sorrow. He looked 26. Yeah, just he's he's a leader. So it's a great example. And it must be, I mean, genuinely, I'm not being no cliche here, I genuinely mean this. It must be a dream for Stephen Gerrard to know that he's got him on the park and just as importantly, uh, off the park. Uh, Craig mentions how do you replace him you, you know your net Rangers are probably never going to replace him like for like because he's such a high quality player but as we were just talking about 10 minutes ago or so Craig when you look at Callum McGregor you know sometimes it, it takes you know maybe him being in the shadow of Scott Brown it takes Scott Brown to leave for you to really fully show yourself what you're about and I think that'll be the case with Ryan Jack not that we're, we're, we're rushing Stephen Davis away but when he does go I'm sure he'll hang up his boots at Rangers then I think Ryan Jack will just step into that void that there'll be a space here where he'll be allowed to grow um, as a player and as a as a captain of Rangers I think that's what will happen but while Stephen Davis is here just, just enjoy him because he's absolutely priceless yeah, I remember when Rangers re-signed him for Southampton it was in the January window yeah uh, before the two of them came in together yeah, didn't they and it, he, it, it was a slow burner for him in terms of he hadn't played a lot of football he hadn't played all season in fact for Southampton a lot of people were saying oh I think this is no a great signing his legs have gone blah 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 but he needed a, an amount of games to get himself up and running and once he got the games he's just been <laughs> he's been outstanding he's been outstanding for Rangers if the legs had gone they came back pronto didn't they <laughs> and they're still going like yeah, the clappers I mean, yeah. as I said I mean, the prime example was yesterday um, where I'm sprinting um, the 92nd, 93rd minute but I'm watching him during games and he's, he's actually meant to be the holding midfielder and sometimes mm. I'm thinking to myself 75th, 80th minute he's in the opposition box so Mark. his fitness levels are incredible for his age Paul, just I think some good news for Craig and every other Rangers fan out there with regards to Ryan Kent looks at Leeds United who are in for Ryan Kent they've now turned their attention to Dan James at Manchester United so if they sign Dan James I think that means that they're no longer going to go in for Ryan Kent so that's good news for Rangers that looks as though for sure Ryan Kent will be staying put Reaction from Rangers fan Craig uh, I, do, I do you don't want to lose Ryan Kent I know folk are saying he's, he's not hit the, the height he's hit but if he's playing through the pain barrier then you don't, once he gets that supporting back I think Ryan will be fine He's absolutely fine. And other breaking news, Troy Deeney is off to the Blues. Yep. The Birmingham Blues, yeah. Just as we told you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exclusively, kind of, via Sky and the Evening Times. <laughs> the Birmingham Evening Times. Exactly, the post, isn't it? Yeah, as you'll well know. Speaking about, speaking about Ryan Kent, has, has Formal come back? There's yeah. no doubt. 
He showed a real mm. work ethic yesterday in that game. Mm. And that's what I love to see. He wanted People the ball. are going through yep. a tough time when yep. he's, he's not hitting top form. You've seen, um, I think it was after 15 or 16 minutes, he blasts one twenty yards over the yep. bar. I think when he hit the post, gained yeah. a wee bit of confidence yep. for that. And I thought he went on to have a... A, a real good game Craig the assistant manager Gary McAllister was asked about how the team were they affected by the criticism before the game all the outside noise doesn't really affect us you know what we're saying to our players is that's the level you know we want to keep it within us and go that's that's the level that you've set you know and, and I, I thought we, we get very close to being uh, you know right back into the finest bits of form last season and a long way to go is what he said as well. Listen, there's a lot of big smiles around this place. But the thing is that we're, we're four games in. I know you talk about the first old firm, but there's 34 games to go. And progress? Well, the thing is, we're, we're, we've made the Europa League. And I think it's an amazing achievement to do it four years in the bounce. Listen, I'd be lying if I was saying we wanted to get into the Champions League. I felt in the two games against Malmo, we, we felt we could have beat them. But it's gone. You know, and that, that's been... We'll, we'll, put that onto the players. Now, we had to get through that difficult tie in Armenia where it was roasting, by the way, I've got to say it. Uh, and we're in, we're in the Europa League uh, group stages, so it's, it, we're sitting not bad. Roasting, it was. <laughs> uh, Barry, you wanted to come in there. Yeah, just in yeah. terms of you don't hear a noise, believe me, you do. You do. Yeah. You, it's hard not to see or read or listen. People um, obviously having their say on Rangers about the pressures can they play under the, the pressures in front of fans and whatever I'm sure a few of the boys would have spoke about it and said listen we need to put this to bed we need to go and show that we can play in front of fans and look they've done that yesterday Mark how many managers have said over the years oh I don't I don't read the papers I don't, I don't listen to the radio I don't watch the telly I'll be honest I used yeah. to read the paper every Monday uh -huh. and look the first thing I looked at the ratings it was the ratings oh, aye. Aye. and do you know what see if somebody <laughs> gave me a five you bought the phone room. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd have to beat Kevin Thompson too. He was one for phoning up, wasn't he? No, but do you know what I've done? I used it as yeah. motivation. I'd be like, right, do you know what? Next week, yeah. I need to go and try and be top man. Craig, can you believe that of Barry Ferguson? Say that again? Can you believe that of Barry that he was uh, watching? You know, he'd be of course he'd be reading it, wouldn't he? And if he wasn't happy with... Yeah. Fantastic, isn't it? But managers do say that. But it's, uh, listen, you're only human. If we were being criticised, it'd be the same, wouldn't it? I, I, think I don't it, mind. Yeah, listen, no. see if it's, con if it's honest. constructive yep. criticism. Yep. I'm all for it. Seeing it starts to get a bit personal. It has happened over the years with some players in, in the media. I don't like that, but listen, that's part of it as a footballer. You've got to take the good with the bad mm. at times. Craig, what's So I was just yeah. thinking, in all the years I was doing the ratings at a Sunday, I think I only ever gave... Three tens. Cause ten oh, did you? Was right, like, okay. Yeah, three tens. Well, we guess. Mm -hmm. Right, who was it? Let's three, guess three it. Tens. So you're talking okay. from period uh -huh. 1995 until okay. 2014. Right, I'll, I'll never give out three tens. Okay. Paul Gascoigne. Brian Loudrop. Henrik Larson. No. Loudrop uh, was one. one. Okay, Craig, can you guess? Right. From... I'll just say Gascoigne. No. No. It wasn't. Arthur Newman? Mm. No. No. Um... Barry Ferguson? Yes. Barry. Yeah, yeah, and Stan Petrov was the third. Oh, right, Stan Petrov, three yeah, three tens. I've told you, Paul. He knows that. He knows <laughs> the game inside out. <laughs> he wrote books. You're the only one whose book he didn't do, but he'll do the next one maybe now that we're together and go radio. We do the two of yours together. Okay, excellent. Yeah, this Sunday. I honestly, I think yours yeah. would be a fantastic. Read, Paul, March will be absolutely brilliant. We're just heading for the break. Craig, what do you want to see in the that transfer window? The break. <laughs> Apart from Celtic to sell their top players, uh, no, Craig. Who? What do you want to see happen with Rangers? You happy just to get uh -huh. to the window now? 
I just wanted to shut. I don't want anyone to go. Barisic, I know Barisic and Bassi's a ready-made replacement. For me, I wouldn't want to lose Barisic just now, though. Mm-hmm. But even you get another, just to the end of the season, get us into the Champions League, and then you can see what happens at the end of the season. Yeah, but, I'm with you as well, Craig. I don't want to see Barisic go. Um, of course, yeah. I don't. I, I just think Bassi has improved. I, I think you'll agree with the games that he's played this yeah, season. Definitely. He's been impressive. Oh, he's on song. There's no question. Thanks very much, Craig. Good call. No the Go Radio Football Show Talking football first Listen live weeknights from five Big Monday night question for Barry Ferguson Barry, after the big weekend What's the Monday night meal in the Ferguson household? What are you looking forward to tonight? Beef and vegetable hot pot The hot pot oh. Betty's hot pot <laughs> <laughs> what, Anyone what, what was our surname? Turpin. Oh, Betty Turpin. <laughs> Betty Turpin. Boy. Thank you, those of you just tuning in. Yeah, we're welcoming you. Know yeah, <laughs> Get oh, eight, oh, eight, 17, That was very good. Uh, Ferguson strikes and scores. Oh, 1 0. That was like yesterday. <laughs> it was Helanda scoring yesterday. <laughs> Betty's hot pot. Right, let's get back to the football. Oh. Uh, Rangers then third top of the table Hearts and Hibs right at the top we'll look at the other games in a moment or two what about Scotland in action against Denmark but so many injuries call-offs what's the situation the latest from you Mark uh, the, the squad is depleted you know yep. Steve Clark said that it's the most difficult time he's known and that, you know two and a half years as, as, as Scotland manager John McGinn definitely out Scott McTominay definitely out James Forrest, definitely out. Nathan Patterson, definitely out. And it goes on and on. So it's not clever at all. And this is the hardest game of the group. They're going to play Denmark, Paul, in the parking stadium. 38,000 Denmark fans inside their Wednesday night. Denmark topped the group. Nine points out of nine. 14 goals scored. None conceded. Uh, This is a big, big ask. And also as well, Scotland's new coach, assistant coach, Austin McPhee, also ruled out. So uh, I hate to say it, but it's it's next to it's next to no chance of getting something. It really is a shame. But let's get get Barry's reaction in a moment. Here is the manager. Covid's been with us for for for, for a long time now. Seems like forever. Uh, it just is what it is. We deal with it. I'm sure other nations are, are having similar problems. Um, we won't be seeing it because it'll be a big issue in their country, and not our country. But we'll just we'll just deal with whatever it throws at us, and we'll get a team on the pitch that will be very competitive for the country. Look at it. It's three great three great games. You know after the. Tournament in the summer, we all got a little taste. We want, we want to make sure it's not another 20 odd years before we go back to another tournament. So it's a big week for us. And Denmark? I think we all understand the, the magnitude of the week. The, the three games, three big games for us. We need to get points. We want to be involved in this qualifying campaign right to the last game against Denmark at home. So we, we need good results this week. We need good points. And hopefully, well, I think we've got the squad to do that. Barry Ferguson. Yeah, look, I feel from the Mark just went through the, the list of players. Um, that are not going to be available and that they're big players um, especially one that just jumps out at me John McGinn I mean he, he's a real driving force uh, for Scotland McTominay as well um, and so forth the, the other players are important so it's going to be a tough one I mean I watched the Danes as like everybody in the Euros and you could not but be impressed by them really thought they were a good team some really top individuals um, and it's going to be a a hard ask, um, but if anybody can get a result, the way that he sets the team up, yeah. we all know how mm. good a coach Stevie Clark is. It's him. He mm. can send a team there. that are going to be really stuffy and difficult to beat and set up in a way that they're going to try and frustrate 
um, Denmark and that's I, th- I think that's the way he has to go there's, there's no doubt about yeah. it there's too many players missing Mark I read some articles yesterday in the Sundays who were taking a more considered approach about his new contract and most yeah. people were saying that's great news he took us to our first tournament in what yeah. 23 years but they were saying that it's a strange time to give him a new contract before the World Cup qualifiers are completed yeah I mean I, I can get the arguments in the Sunday papers I read them as well Paul but also too you know, for the SFA, um, they've got to be proactive. And if they believe he's the right man, then t- tie him up. You know, ultimately, it's up to them. Does he want to stay? Yes, I've tied him up with 2024. It takes away any uncertainty. Now, if it's not going well, they'll still reserve the right to, to sack him and pay him up. Right, well, if he's doing really well, there'll be offers and there'll be a very handsome compensation fee uh, in there for the SFA um, as well. But for positive too, I think what Barry says is absolutely right. Steve Clark's at his best when he's an underdog, mm-hmm. when he has to pull something off. And going to the parking stadium and coming away with a point would be pulling something off. Pretty special. Paul, I think of the three games that we've got, bearing in mind we've got five points from our first three games, five out of nine. We need to get another five mm-hmm. to really keep us properly in the hunt. I mean properly in the hunt. We might get away with four. Mm-hmm. Might get away with four points. A win against Moldova and a point in Austria. But if we could nick a point uh, in Copenhagen on Wednesday night what a start that would be to the to the three games I've got this week do you think we can? I think we can mm. I don't think we will and I hate mm. saying it I don't think we will I think it's just too big an ask but as I say if there's one thing about Steve Clark he can pull it mm. off under the circumstances that he's got in on Wednesday night Barry yep it's going to be difficult they're one of the top the Danes are one of the top teams semi-finals just yeah. weeks ago in they, the Euros they are yeah. and if you look at the, the squad they've got what leagues they play in and what teams they play for um, they're, they're top players but again if anybody can do it Steve Clark mm-hmm. can do it the way that he sets up um, his teams we all know he's a top coach um, and when your backs are against the wall when you're missing a lot of players sometimes that galvanises you mm-hmm. and you, you, you get a result I think it's going to be tough I'll be honest with you can I see it happening I very much doubt it I would love to see it happening um, but I think it's going to be a tough one but you agree the four five points I think, will be I think we'll beat Moldova because right. yeah, I think sure. John McGinn that's Saturday yep. I think there's a, a few play, John McGinn's going to be yeah, back yeah, I'm not back. sure about Nathan Patterson Um We'll find out as we go further into the week. Yep. Um, in Austria, I think we can go there and definitely get a point. And we have before, haven't we? I mean, Austria, also yeah. a decent team, but ranked alongside us, just ahead of us. Aye, yeah. I mean, we think, but we, I mean, to put it into uh, context of Wednesday night, Paul, we drew at home with Austria. Yes. Aye. That was at home. Denmark, course, yeah. Denmark went to Vienna in the Ernst Happel Stadium and beat them 4 0. Yeah. So that shows you what we're up against on Wednesday night. But what we've got to do is, is stay positive. Now, can you imagine if we beat Moldova on Saturday, as Barry says, which we can do? It galvanises us yeah. for Tuesday night to go to Vienna. Why not go and get a victory? Why not go and come out with us and see if we come out with six points out of nine? And bearing in mind, one of the bonuses we might have, albeit we're talking about getting into November, Denmark at home. Now, by that point, you'd like to think Denmark have already qualified. Yeah. Denmark at home Bang in the on. last game, Hamden Park, 50,000. We need to win it to finish runners up yep. in the section. Why not? But let's first of all see how we go on. Good team talk there. Final word from the manager. Yeah, they, they want to do it again. We want to qualify again. I think in terms of tournament experience, we we got a little taste of it in the summer. We want to do it again. And obviously the Danes have been successful over a number of years qualifying. They're number one seed for a reason because they're a very good team with very good players. 
And if we can aspire to be as, as good as the Danes in years to come, that would be that would be a good aspiration. He's so understated, isn't he? You know, a little bit excited. The whole nation enjoyed it for uh, a few days in June. Um, but it, we were all, we were all yeah, there. We were all was right it, up for it. it. So, was it Wembley? I Did I mention that? I right, so uh, do you know what I saw on the telly yesterday? It showed you season 2012, 2013. And it was Sir Alex's last game in charge. And of course, he went to West Brom. And it was Stevie Clark was the manager. And I ended up with five a, each. Five each. Mm. Lukaku yeah. played for West Brom. He did, and he, and he scored yeah. to. Uh, yep. yep, Lukaku. But when you think of Stevie Clark and the job he did with Mourinho but at Chelsea and look in at Liverpool. The clubs he's been, I know. Well, you just Sorry, mentioned yep. that Liverpool yep. under Kenny. Yep. Yep. Yeah, indeed. Yep. He brought him in. Chelsea, Chelsea. under Mourinho. Mm-hmm. Newcastle, Sir Bobby Robson. Yep. Yep. And obviously, West Brom manager. Um, look at yep. the job he done up at Kilmarnock for two years Kilmarnock were what, finished bottom third bottom of the table yeah, yeah. bottom of the table, table. Right. Third. Yeah. got them to third in Europe look I think Scotland have got the right right guy in charge he's got a good contract and I know exactly what you're saying I think I agree with you it was right to get him imagine they didn't have him when he moved off exactly. to somewhere else and you say why Why did Scotland not sign up the man who took us there we can talk the talk but he took us to a tournament for the first time in a generation look at the game yeah. I mean everybody remember the, oh, yeah. the first game at Hamden that's the one I think I you'll know. look back and think mm, maybe should have approached it a, a bit differently Be a wee bit bolder but look at us at Wembley I thought we were better in England yeah. and I'm not just saying that I thought yeah. everybody on that pitch even the boys that come off the bench were uh, fantastic on the night and that's the levels that that this group of players can play at back at the top of the table I know we're here in Glasgow we're talking about uh, Rangers and Celtic and Rangers winning yesterday but when you look at the table Hibs on 10 points along with the Hertz so a quick word <laughs> the Hertz <laughs> Hearts Barry uh, you know them well there um, I mean they're off to a flyer aren't they well, we... and the fans weren't sure about Robbie Nielsen Yep, I, I watched the first game, obviously against Celtic, um, and he was getting a bit for the stands, mm. Robbie, which surprised me. And obviously they got the win at the end of the day against Celtic. Um, and listen, they're sitting at the top of the league, uh, and rightly so, because I think Robbie's doing uh, a brilliant job. But uh, what a great result going up to Tannadice. Mm. It's a difficult place. He left there, I don't know, under mm. maybe... Difficult terms. He mm. took the job at Hearts after getting Dun United promoted, and he got Hearts promoted at the Championship, mm. and now he started this season um, ever so well. So fair play to him. What about Hibs? Another good result for them: two 0 against Livingston. Yeah, and uh, we'll be watching them. Is there going to be transfer yeah. movement? I think you're right, Paul. Interesting window: Easter Road over the next um, 24, 27 mm-hmm. hours. Uh, one or two players in the Hibs first team coveted by big clubs mm-hmm. and then you've got Jack Ross I think you know cleverly you know and that's where you, you use the media you know putting pressure on his board you know I expect a couple of players to come in I expect us to come out of this window stronger than what we started it that's the way that you use the, the media to get your message um, yep. across so yeah I think there will be ins and uh, ins and outs uh, and the big one of course that will be watching I think Josh Doig will stay mm-hmm. I just wonder about Kevin this but yeah we'll find out Barry, what about Ali McCann? Is there is there interest in him going for St Johnson who drew nil nil yesterday with St Mirren? Uh, this is one. This is a boy we spoke about a number of times on the show. I, I'm just surprised that I've not seen anything. Mm-hmm. I've watched him closely. I've watched him develop, and I'm I'm shocked that Rangers or a Celtic haven't even registered mm-hmm. any sort of interest. Now I might be wrong. It might be happening in the background, but. I think he's a, a guy with genuine talent. I think he's a guy who can um, get better. So 
auditioning away over the mm. over the next uh, mm. day or so. Um, but I'm sure Callum would love love the boy to stay because he's a big player for St. Johnson. Or Mark to be sold if it's Rangers or Celtic and loaned back even for us. Yeah, you never yeah. know. Something like that could happen. A big club down south could do that. Look, if you're going to get Ali McCann ballpark two million quid, Paul for for Celtic or Rangers. I agree with Barry 100% if he's available that kind of money and he probably is then um, Celtic and Rangers will regret it if they let him go That's not even a gamble No exactly It's not a a lot of people say it's worth a gamble 2 million pound That's not a gamble Ali McCann A brilliant investment Martin's been on Motherwell good win for them as well He's turning around Graham Alexander Two wins wins in a week You just see they've uh, well what about eight or nine days ago people were questioning him um, he was only on a a point and great one at Livingston and a, a great one against Dundee at the weekend they're up to seven points Martin's been asking Barry, Mark do you think Rangers are improving on last season um, and do they, do you think Celtic have improved too so it would almost be one word answers we've got one minute remaining are Rangers better than they were last season? They're not hitting the dizzy heights but I think they will get back to that Mark? No, not yet. No, no, they're not. But they're, they showed yesterday why they're champions. Have Celtic improved on last season? Yes, of course. Big time. Mark, yeah. Big time. Okay, that's it from us. Tomorrow night, Rob McLean will be here along with Stephen Cregan and Jackie McNamara. Barry will be back on Wednesday night with Davy Proven, who joined us yesterday. A Jokal Day is coming up next. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, Thanks for Paul. everyone who called in tonight. So many calls and so many on the socials. That's it from us. We're back tomorrow night with Rob and Stephen and Jackie McNamara. They'll be back live at five.